we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. I don't know, crime families are these families who build an empire for themselves. There's always one problem after another, right? You know, that's not just TV, that's life. Because as we build our kingdoms, those problems arise. And if we can just make it to that next tax bracket, or if we can just get that raise, or if we can, if we can just get that promotion at work, everything's going to be okay. I just need that one break, and all my problems are going to go away, right? But you see, when we focus on just building our kingdom, anxiety and stress abound. And that is what Jesus is addressing here in this passage. You know, Matthew 6, the whole passage, 6 uh, verses 25 through 44, it's all about the cure for this anxiety that we place on ourselves. You know, I'm just going to read it real quick. Verse 25, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor weep, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much? Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you so worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the, clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what shall we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Is that not true? You know, Jesus is reminding us here that our physical well-being is not a worthy object to devote our lives to. And if you think it is, you will live a life of constant worry, of constant stress. But by doing that, we're no better than the animals of the fields, where their only concerns are their physical needs, right? Oh, I need to eat. I'm hungry. I need to go eat. Or where am I going to sleep? All these things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't worry. You know, there's, there's absolutely times in our lives that cause us stress and anxiety. It's impossible to go through this life without worry, right? You know, it, it's not just a carefree joyride. You know, a, a great example of that is uh, people are facing the, the prospect of losing their jobs because they refuse to, to get vaccinated. I'm not getting political. I'm not saying that you should do it or you shouldn't do it either way. But I know people who have invested 30 years into a career and that they're now facing the possibility that I might not have this anymore. You know, I, I was talking to a guy. He's like, I, uh, his friend, he, he makes 100000 a year and he's about to go from that to nothing. Like that, that's stressful, right? You know, I can't imagine what that would feel like. You know, there are things that are going to cause us to worry. But we, well, we are worrying about things that God never intended for us to worry about. You know, that's why we have to shift our perspective from building our kingdom to seeking the kingdom of God. And that's the beautiful thing about God's kingdom. is because with our own, we have to build it up, right? But with God's kingdom, it says, just seek. Seek it. I'll do the building. 
you know, Jesus isn't saying here to stop worrying. He is calling us to replace our worry with a concern for his kingdom. And how do we do that? One, place pursuit of him first. Two, trust that he will provide. And three, faithfully act on his leadings. That first one, place pursuit of him first. Seeking the kingdom of God is a heart condition. Right? That's, that's, there's that shift that needs to take place. It happens in the heart. You know, what are your priorities? As Pastor was saying earlier, what's your priority list look like? You know, because God, if God isn't at the top of your list, your, your list is wrong. You know, God has to be at the top of it, and that has to be the rule in our life, that he's at the top. And we've we got to be careful that that priority of putting God first doesn't just become another list, another priority in our list of priorities. You know, I would argue not only should God be the first bullet point on your list, he should be the only bullet point on your list. And everything else falls under that one category. You know, you're like, one, seek God, seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. And then 1A, family, 1B, job, 1C, X, Y, and Z. You go down the list. Because as we start to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, everything falls under that one umbrella. And I've been obsessed with the news lately. How many of you guys like watching the news? You get joy out of it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm obsessed. You know, one, that's one thing about me. When I get latch onto something, like I get a little obsessive over it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> and that's where I find myself lately. Is you know, every Monday through Thursday, I listen to a, a two-hour uh, talk show, and then I pay a yearly subscription to get bonuses. So, which is another hour. So, two hours. M- most days, it's three hours. Yeah, you know, that's. Every, I don't miss it, I, hardly ever. You know, and I have a phone or app on my phone who it draws breaking news stories from all over the world, not just Colorado or the United States, but everywhere. And it, I mean, it's not uncommon for me to get like literally hundreds of notifications a day. I mean, I checked it right before I came up here and I checked it this morning when I got up, of course, right? And then, so by the time we left the house to come here until I just got up here, there were 43 new alerts that I hadn't looked at. And that's only like a two-hour span, two and a half hours. And, and I don't miss one. It's not like, oh, i got to look at this. Like every single one, I check it all the time. And you know what? Guys, our world's a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that the Lord's been convicting me about lately is that I was, I'm just, I've, I've, I've been obsessed with everything. You know, I just want to check it all the time. But isn't that what you do when you get obsessed with something? Like you want to do it all the time. You know, all of a sudden, uh, your, your, your time and your life and your world starts to suddenly start to revolve around that one thing. You know, and that's where I was, and it was not good. Uh, you know, I was getting frustrated. You know, I was getting short-tempered. I, I mean, you could look at me wrong, and I just get irritated, you know, uh, not with you guys, uh, never, but you, it's like just driving down the road, someone cuts me off, it's like it's the end of the world, because that's what I was feeding myself, and how could, how could you not just look at the world, right, you know, you have Afghanistan, the southern border, uh, China and Taiwan, North Korea, inflation, uh, election integrity, uh, COVID restrictions, I just look at Australia right now, it's everywhere you turn, it's just doom and gloom, And my life was starting to reflect that. And I was allowing the news 
to take that top priority. It was starting to direct my life when God and his kingdom should have been at that number one spot, right? Because when you make that transition, it's a heart condition, right? You got to make that condition because when God and his kingdom are at the top of the list, you can walk confidently knowing that Jesus has rule and reign. You can walk confidently that he is in control, that one day all these nations will bow at his kingdom, right? One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. We can walk confidently in that and that, that, that nothing can shake or tear down his righteousness of God. So yeah, this world is dark right now, but it's just temporary. You know, one day soon Jesus is going to come back and bring all of his glory and all of his majesty and all of his might to form a perfect everlasting kingdom and we get to be a part of that. You know, being well-informed is a wise practice to have, but there's a difference of being well-informed from a my kingdom standpoint and a kingdom of God standpoint. You know, the best way to make that adjustment is to get into your word. Yeah, I've been listening to a pastor lately, and and, uh, uh, a phrase he says quite often is, you want to hear the audible voice of God in your life? Start reading your Bible out loud. Because that's his word, right? That's inspired by him. You want to make that adjustment? Get into your word. Start reading the gospel. Start reading Psalms and Proverbs. Heck, start reading Numbers. Right? You don't think God can speak to you in the book of Numbers? Start reading it. It'll show you something. You know, I, I had a, uh, college, a professor in college named Debbie Courtney. And uh, I'm pretty sure she has the entire Bible memorized. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I would not be surprised if she had the entire, from Genesis to Revelation, memorized. It, it's incredible. And, and one day, at the beginning of one of her lectures, she just started to talk. And it was just mesmerizing. Uh, and for like 20 minutes, she's just talking. And, and we, after a few minutes, we realized she was just quoting the book of Romans. You know, she started in Romans 1.1 and just kept going. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. And it was just incredible. And just listening to her. I mean, she wasn't speaking. She wasn't reading Romans 1.1 and saying, yeah, this is what this means. She was just simply reading the word of God. And it does, it, there's a stirring, there's just a, a, you could almost feel it in the room, just this excitement growing when you realize this is just the word. And you can't tell me that this isn't alive and active, because when you read it, lives are changed. You know, you don't get that stirring, you don't get that, that, that hype by, by reading Harry Potter or, or Charles D- Moby Dick or, you know, something like that. You know, and I love to tell that story because, she is one of the most faithful, obedient, steadfast, one of the most hope-filled Christians that I know. And it's not like she's had an easy life. It's not like, oh, I'm able to do this because life's been, been perfect. Like, no, she's had to walk through some really hard things. But she, as she is walking through, the, through those, she has created that foundation of the word. And because of that, she can't be shaken. You know, she is rooted in the word of God. And the thing about God is he doesn't give us shallow roots as we seek him just for us to get blown over in the slightest breeze. You know, our God gives us deep roots. And once we place his kingdom and his righteousness first, we have to trust that he will provide what he says he will provide. Amen? And that's the hardest thing. 
of this whole thing, actually trusting him to do what he says, that's the hardest part. All of these things will be added to you. You need to remember what this passage is dealing with, the stresses and the worries about what we will eat and drink or, or what we will wear. Right? And we've all been in that position, right? Your money maybe gets a little lean and you start worrying about where that next meal will come from or maybe you know, money's tight and school's about to start and you have to go back to school shopping for your kids but you're not quite sure how you're going to provide what your kids need to start the school. You know, and, and yes, I know we are blessed to live in the country that we do and that we are extremely blessed. You know, a lot of people have it a lot worse. Even at our worst, a lot of people have it a lot more worse than that. You know, but that still doesn't change the fact that we've been in that position in our lives, right? And we can all think back in times in our lives where we're, where we're worried about those provisions and where they're going to come from. And God is going to take care of your basic needs. God is going to take care of your basic needs, not your wants. You know, those prayers, man, Lord, I really just want that new Lamborghini. Or, God, I did, that house they're building over on the other side of town has like 10, 10 bedrooms and five bathrooms. There's a bowling alley and a, 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 a movie theater in it. Like, Lord, I just pray you bless me with that. Like, you know, those are, those are wants, right? Those aren't our needs. If my God tells me he takes care of the birds and the flowers and the grass, and that he will do even more for me, I'm going to claim that. I'm going to hold on to that, right? You know, Philippians 4.19 also declares, and my God will supply all, of our, all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And there's that word again, needs. You know, I'm not trying to preach a, a, gospel, a prosperity gospel here. You know, those pastors get up there and they're saying, Lord, I, I just feel like the Lord is, is telling me I want you to be rich. You know, no, God doesn't want you to be rich. He wants you to be faithful. You know, I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't be rich. But if you're rich, that's great. That's fantastic. How are you using your blessings to advance the kingdom of God? And how are you using those blessings to bring glory and honor to his name? You know, I would rather have exactly what I need and be obedient with God than rich and fill my life with earthly materials that at the end of the day are going to amount to dust. Because I have seen too many times in my life God's provision to read Matthew 6.33 and not believe that he's going to provide those things for us. You know, I've shared this story before. Christian and I, we've had some lean seasons of our life. You know, and we talk about it all the time. And we've been blessed in that. Like, yeah, it's been tight, but we've never had a late payment on anything. We've always, everything's been provided. And I remember one time uh, we had expenses, unseen expenses come up, and we were like, well, man, <laughs> what are we going to do? And, you know, I was just, I was cleaning the car out and opened the glove box, and there's an envelope with $400 in it. You know, I don't know if I forgot it there or, or what, but it was exactly what we needed in that time. Or I was talking to a neighbor, uh, my, my friend's father, just this week. Uh, he was telling us, like, man, you know, when the boys were growing up, uh, things got super lean. And I remember one time our car broke, <laughs> and we only had the one car. 
and, and you know, it was, we easily could have just stopped and started to panic and stress, but we were just faithful, you know, laying it, Lord, we need your help. You know, I don't know why, but Lord, we are just trusting you, and we're going to believe in what your word says. And next thing you know, they had three different family or friends of the family offer their cars up. And he's like, we went from no cars to three cars. You know, I have a mentor in my life who uh, he got fired from one of his job and he was struggling to find work. And it got to the point where like one night he was, he was pacing his house praying because he literally had, they had no food to feed their kids that morning. You know, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to feed my kids for breakfast tomorrow. And he's just pacing, Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to provide. They woke up the next morning and there were bags of groceries just sitting on their porch. You know, there are absolutely moments of divine provision by God. But he also provides for us largely by the use of his church. You know, that's why it's so vital to grow in relationship with one another. Seeking his kingdom and his righteousness isn't just about going out and bringing the lost to Jesus. You know, it also deals with strengthening and helping those within the church as well. You know, how effective can we be if we are bringing the lost to Jesus and they get here and they just see a, a group of people in shambles. We have to be willing to help those in need. Even the ones next to you. I think, I, I don't know, it's easy to kind of view churches like, yeah, man, they're here. They, they got it together. You know what? That person sitting next to you, they, they have needs. They have struggles. That's why you, it's so important to get to know one another. Because they're able, you build that relationship, you build that foundation so when they say, man, I'm struggling with this, it's not a second thought. You're right there to help them. And this leads to the next step. We have to faithfully act on his leadings and his commands. Seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And that seeking, that his, seeking his righteousness is seeking the things that God wants us to do. Look at, look at King David. He was a man after his own heart. You know, are we men and are we women who are seeking after the heart of Jesus? The greatest two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. It's easy to love God most of the time. It's the loving your neighbor, that's the hard part. You know, are we being good neighbors? You know, the, the word says that we should, we should care for the widow and feed the hungry and look after the orphan and, and all of these things. You know, it doesn't say care for the widow once or feed the hungry once, help that one orphan. You know, I love the phrase, give a man a fish and he will eat for a day, teach him the fish and he will eat for a lifetime. You know, the point of that is, is we got to give them the, the tools and the resources. Don't just feed them once and, oh, look at me, pat yourself on the back. Like, give them the tools and the resources and the things that they need to better their lives. Amen. God doesn't call us to get, just give out hand us. He give out handouts. He calls us to change lives. And, and those are the overarching uh, commands that, that we're all commanded to do, right? You know, that's kind of the blanket, like we should, all, we should all be doing these things. But we also have specific callings on our life, right? So what's God calling you to? Is he calling you to start a nonprofit? Is he calling you to uh, start a, a program where you are training uh, men and women to uh, become foster parents. You know, just look at uh, 
Colorado Springs. You know, there's five military bases here. You know, are, is he calling you to partner with a ministry group or start something that helps active duty and retired veterans? You know, I would love to see something like that. Like, what, how do you do that? What needs to happen to do that? We all have these callings, or even just within the church. You know, are you feeling led to, to start a small group? Are you led to, man, I know, I know the men have a Bible study on Wednesday nights. I've really been feeling like I, I need to get to that. You know, get involved, uh, you, even with the team, uh, the sound team, you know, running slides. You know, or do you feel like you're, you're being called to help in the kids' ministry, a hospitality team, whatever it might be. You know, this seeking is an intentional commitment to find and then do the will of God. And have you guys ever realized how hard it is to fulfill the Great Commission? You know, we're called to share the gospel and to make disciples and uh, teach them to obey the commands of God, right? And I know that I'm not the only one who has felt that leading to, oh, hey, man, you should go tell that person about Jesus or invite them to church. And we come up with an excuse not to, right? Oh, man, I'm too busy. Man, I got, I've really got to get down to aisle three to get the, the, the Kool-Aid. You know, like, I can't, I can't take the five minutes to invite this person to church. You know, we've, we've all been there, and we've all made those excuses. You know, or we pull a Jonah, and we run from what we feel God is wanting us to start, or run from what he wants us to get involved in. You know, as, as Pastor said, there's a reason God fills us with the different gifts and the different passions that he does, because they all build on one another. You know, and if you're, if you're worried about having the latest fashion trends or, you know, the latest phone or the latest gadget, whatever it might be, and you're not worried about praying and inviting your lost family member, your lost friend to church, there's an issue. Or maybe you get so worried and worked up with, with earthly and meaningless arguments that we lose sight of the heaven and hell issues. The issues that really matter. You know, guess what? We're all going to die one day. We're either going to get to that point or Jesus is going to come back. So our main worry shouldn't be the manner in how someone goes, but where he or she is going to go when their time is coming. You know, I'm not saying that, that you aren't telling people about Jesus or, or starting a ministry or, or ignoring the voice of God that, that makes you a poor Christian. That makes you human. You know, that's why the grace of God is so amazing. But what I am saying is that when we are intentionally aligning ourselves with God and his kingdom and his righteousness, we'll have the boldness and the resolve to do what God has called us to do. Pastor Jack Hayford says that putting God's kingdom first is the first step on a pathway to miracles. You know, I love that. Putting his kingdom first is the first step on the pathway to miracles. And I, for one, can't wait to see the miracles that take place in this church because we are aligning ourselves in that position. You know, and I want to close with one final thought. The word here is in Matthew, the word seek here in Matthew, it means to strive for and to crave after something. You know, what are you striving for and craving for? And it's my prayer, uh, actually my daughter, she's been obsessed with uh, The Greatest Showman, the movie. I mean, we're like three years late to the party, right? But like literally obsessed with it. She's probably watched it 20 times. She, uh, she can't go to sleep without the soundtrack to the movie on. Literally every time we get in the car before she's even buckled, 
mom, put my favorite, my favorite song on. And it's just constant. Right? But that's, the, that's what she is striving for right now. That's what she's craving for right now. That's all she wants to do. And it's my prayer that as we seek after God's kingdom and his will, that we will do it with everything that we have, that he, that he builds up in us just this, this desire to strive after him to grow deeper with him, to mature more in him, to push in more. And the beautiful thing about seeking the kingdom of God is that we can only go so far on our own. As I said earlier, when we are building our kingdom, we take pride in the fact that that we created it on our own, right? This is mine. I did this. But with God's kingdom and his righteousness, if we try to do it on our own, we're going to fail. Because if we are truly seeking the kingdom of God first, we should find ourselves at the feet of Jesus on the cross. Because we can't seek his kingdom without his mercy and without his grace and without his forgiveness. And so it's my prayer, as I said, this isn't just another series. Lord, this is a, a, a culture shift. And I know and we all know that our pastor... is amazing at following the voice of the Holy Spirit. I've never met anyone who does it better. When he speaks, he gives room for it, and he actually follows. And don't make a mistake. This is the Holy Spirit moving our church family and our church body in a new direction, to aligning ourselves at his feet. And I just pray, Lord, that if we are not as a church planted, that if we get un- that we don't get uncomfortable in that position. And I cannot wait to see what he's going to do through us. So, Lord, I just thank you, and I praise you, God. Lord, we are seeking you. Lord, your word says, Lord, if we seek you, Lord, we, we will find you, God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, as we seek you, Lord, you can, we continue to find you in new ways, God. Lord, give us new passions and new giftings, God. Lord, stir up into us new uh, desires, Lord. I just pray, Lord, your, Lord, you give us the resolve, Lord, and the strength to act those out, God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we can be a force for your kingdom here in Colorado Springs, God. Lord, and I thank you and I pray. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.